Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down... The likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Good day and happy Thanksgiving to all the fans of Rambling About Racing. And just right off the bat, Preston Lude is in the ITM Media studio. How's it going, Preston? It's going well. Well, and second off, happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to everybody listening to Rambling About Racing out there, whether you're on the Unhinged Sports Network or on your regular podcast platform. We really do appreciate it. And sorry about last week again. Yeah, hey, you know. It's kind of life thing, happens. Yeah, things are getting a little weird. Well, we're just going to put it like this: <laughs> rambling about racing doesn't pay the bills yet. Not quite yet. No. Does, will it ever pay the bills? I highly doubt it. <laughs> Although we're we're a really good show and we know what we're talking about, it's not going to pay the bills anytime soon. No, not at all. And I had a class in the firehouse in the fire at the fire department to try to better my career in the fire department. So there's that. <laughs> There's really not much to say about that other than that it was just so much going on. I had a lot of stuff to do. On top of that, we're moving. Yeah, that's right. On top of that, we're getting everything squared away. It's just a lot of moving parts. But hey, we at least got you a Thanksgiving episode while you're driving to grandma's house or your family's house, wherever you are in the country. If you're in another part of the world besides the United States, it's just a normal day for you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because it was so weird because one time when I was in um, New York, I went up to New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And it was around October, September, October time frame. And we were with a group of Canadians there. I don't know if I ever told you this. And I don't think you did. And it was Colin and Corey. I forget their last name, but they're really funny guys. Canadians are the best. 
and we hung out with them, and then they started coming up with, okay, I got we got a lot going on between October and December. And he said Halloween. I said, okay, Halloween. Then he jumped right to Christmas. It's like, why didn't he say Thanksgiving? It's like, oh, it's because he's Canadian. Ah. Oh. And like, ah, oh, there's why. Because it's like, mm, where's Thanksgiving in there? And it just ignorant <laughs> me just not just doing said, that. Hey, you forgot Thanksgiving. But how's <laughs> things, man? Next week is a big week for you. Uh, yeah, it is. Are you, I'm taking you a little more apprehensive the closer it comes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, very nerving. But how's the rest of the real life family? Everything's Every, everything good. like that. Yeah, everything's moving along. It's kind of busy. You know how holidays are. It's getting Seems, busier. Yeah, it oh gets my gosh, really dude. busy. It's so getting, it's, Throw in buying a house, selling a house, moving logistics, everything like that thrown into it, man. It is, it's just yeah, overwhelming at times. I feel overwhelmed. Throw in surgery at the same time with all that other stuff. Right. <laughs> well, so. it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy how things are coming along, but I'm glad you're doing well. I'm, yeah. we'll, we'll pray for you for your surgery. Hopefully it's a speedy recovery. A little birdie said you'll be back in a week at the firehouse. Yeah, no, I don't not, think that's going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know where you're, I mean, I, I love your optimism that you're, you know, wanting to do that. Yeah, no, it won't but be But I don't week. think it's going to be a week before you I can't you even back. drive for like the first three days. Yeah, we're going to have to do the, that's when the blind spotting is going to come on this show and other yeah. people are going to come <laughs> onto the show. Hopefully it'll be relaxed there. But you have any I mean, plans for Thanksgiving? Um, or today? I mean, the show, we're recording on a Monday. Yeah. It's just a little disclaimer, but this show will come out. By Thanksgiving, but you got uh, plans? Just probably jumping in between a few houses. It's kind of, when you have a family and you're married, holidays are very busy because you have to go to like different houses. Yeah. And it's, uh, we'll, we'll see. There's a couple of houses thrown in there, but I just want to be able to enjoy food and not, yeah. because usually after you eat, that's it. I mean, you're done. I can eat and like go sit down on the couch and be falling asleep within 10 minutes. So yeah, wherever I end up in the afternoon, that's it. That's that's gonna be it because once I have that meal, that's I'm not doing anything else the rest of the I day. I don't blame I'm you, done. man. Yeah, we we have uh, we're going up to Caroline's family's house again, and Charlie's gonna be there. Oh, that's nice. So Charlie's gonna be spending Thanksgiving with us there at uh, Caroline's homestead, just to make sure everything's fine because you know he's still at school there at Fort Jackson, so he's gonna be joining us for Thanksgiving. Should be a lot of fun. We're gonna deep fry your turkey. It's been it's been put on me. The deep fryer turkey. And if any of my family is listening, we wanted to do it conventional oven style. But for the past five, six years, it's been deep fried turkey. I'm hooked on deep fried turkey now. And this is the one time a year. It's like, this is the only time I really get deep fried turkey. So it's, a, it's, so it's on you. So now they put it on me. They said, if you want it, you can do it. It's like, fine. So I bought the oil and everything. We're going to make sure the propane's filled. Bada bing, bada boom. Right. I'm, I'm, we're going to get the turkey done. I'm, <laughs> and Caroline says, oh, they cater to you, all this stuff. It's like, well, I think the consensus would say, not just in our family, but throughout the rest of the country, that deep fried turkey is way better than conventional oven turkey. Yeah, I it's would been a say long so. time. It's been a long time since I've had an oven-baked turkey. But I guarantee you it's not as good as the dropping in the pan for 30, dropping in the fryer for 30 minutes, deep fry it, and it comes out juicier than it does three, four hours in the oven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I kind of prefer prefer honey glazed ham over turkey. Carol- but deep fried turkey is well, good. Though. Well, Caroline does too. She's more of a ham person. I don't uh, get it. I'll eat both of them. Yeah, I'll but eat- I mean, I need, I need to have the honey glazed ham with it. Right. I'm more of the. I want the turkey, but I also want the green bean casserole with it. Ooh, I yeah. love me some green bean casserole. Few rolls, mashed potatoes, turkey, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's Thanksgiving, man. So we're going to have a lot of fun for Thanksgiving. It was put on me to pick up the the uh, Hawaiian rolls for Thanksgiving. 
dinner. So That's I'm going to be buying a lot of those because those are really good. Oh, yeah. People go through those like oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. But yeah, um, and then something else I wanted to get off my chest here before we get started. I know we want to get talking about racing, and I take up a lot of time, but it's just crazy just an epiphany I had the other day, just how you know, you live, you grow up, and I'm 35 now, and about six, seven, eight years ago, I was in New York, and I was, you know, let's just say my last bit in the Marine Corps, I don't feel so proud about. I mean, I'm glad I did it. But I could have done better. You know how you look back on life. Yeah. And, and want to do better in life and want to just, and, and you look back on a certain point in your life, you take a quick chapter in your life and you say, if only I would have done better, how much more of a difference I would have made. And it was just kind of one of those things. It was just on my heart the other day. And it was just, it is what it is. It was an accident, you know, it was not an accident, but, I, you know, you could have just done better. And I just thought of that. And I just thought you can't hold up your life on that. You got to just keep moving forward, learn from it. But yeah, just really long story short, don't let your past hold up your future. You live and learn. Everybody's going to go through that. Let's just say I wasn't happy with my current position and job. But now that I'm happy with my current position and job, I hope I never relive that again. I don't, I don't know. I just wanted to share that with you and the people listening to rambling about racing. That's nice. Everybody's like, well, we'll get to talking about racing. You've been on for seven, eight minutes now and you're not talking racing. Like, don't worry. We're going to get to that. Oh, we'll get there. We're going to get to that. But yeah. I just wanted to say that. Be thankful for where you're at because of the setbacks in your life and because of maybe you didn't do it 100%. On this day of Thanksgiving, make sure you're just thankful for what you have. Yeah. You can't change the past. Live and learn. Move on. Do better in the future. I don't know. Just are you some- going <laughs> to put some of those quotes on some T-shirts? <laughs> I might do that. Well, it's just one of those things. You just look back on your life. Oh, yeah. And, and everybody does it. Everybody says, if I would have done this differently, how could this have turned out? But then it's like, well, I can't change it, but I can – Learn from I that can and set move myself on. up for I can the future. Set, I can set myself up for success in the future. Yeah, that's all absolutely. I'm saying. Make sure you make sure you people out there do that. And I think everybody from the age of 18 all the way up to till they pass, 60s, 70s, 80s, feel like that. And I just had that epiphany, and I just wanted to get that off my chest. That's nice. I like that. So, so here's how we're going to do the show. This is going to be our NASCAR season in review episode, but not before we have a little bit of NASCAR news. But we're gonna. But I'm gonna leave it up to you, Preston. Do you want to talk about Formula One first? Because there's really not much to cover in Formula One. It's getting exciting, points yeah. points wise. As far as results right wise, we're well, kinda, there was a lot of drama in the past couple weeks. There was but. a lot of drama. But do you want to talk Formula One first, and then go to NASCAR, or do you want to talk NASCAR and then go to Formula One? Uh, we can. We'll do Formula One. First. Okay, Formula One first. We had two races in the past weeks: Brazil and Qatar. Yes, both won by Lewis Hamilton. Max Verstappen finishing second in both of them. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. We're going to go to Brazil. Yeah. We're going to go a couple of weeks back because I know you and I want to talk about this. Lewis Hamilton had a grid replace penalty prior to sprint qualifying. He got disqualified from qualifying for having DRS issues. Yes. It was within millimeters probably of not being qualified. They, they got disqualified from qualifying, which sets the field for the sprint race. But then he was able to race in the sprint race and qualified, what, fifth, seventh? Yeah, he finished fifth, but then he also had that grid, he, he had another five place penalty before the um, right because he changed engines. He changed the ICE, the internal combustion engine. Yeah, you just say engine. No, because there's a lot of different components to the engine. Okay, fine. The ICE is something different. Oh, it's actually okay. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> so so it's yeah, it's not like NASCAR. He was that's why he was so much faster than everybody. So I mean, regardless of that, let's talk about the sprint qualifying. There's a gap. There's a loophole in there now. Mm-hmm. which means you could push the limits knowing that they're sprint qualifying. 
if you get caught like Lewis Hamilton did, you're disqualified from actual setting the grid for sprint qualifying, but you're not set in the, but it doesn't affect your actual starting position because you have the X amount of laps in order to gain as many positions as you can. Yeah. Based on that, up to this point, sprint qualifying has been pretty neat, pretty neat concept. But based on that incident in Brazil, sprint qualifying good or sprint qualifying bad? And then second question to that, if you incur a penalty before sprint qualifying, should there be another sprint qualifying? Should the penalty be imposed after sprint qualifying or keep it the way it is? Sprint qualifying, in my eyes, bad. I can't stand it anymore. You don't like it anymore? Just because no. of, is it, it just because of that one incident with Lewis Hamilton? Not really. I mean, the first, the first time around, it was kind of cool. It seemed like it was really cool. I think the first time was Silverstone. It seemed very exciting at that time. You know, the, the whole drama that weekend playing out when Hamilton had wrecked Verstappen. But, I mean, after that, it just seems like it's kind of like a status quo kind of thing. I mean, so, for example, with in Brazil, you know, Lewis Hamilton, they, re, they replaced the ICE. So, the car is going to be considerably faster than most other people's cars because you have certain components of an engine you can change over the course of the season. You can... There's certain things that you can change up to three different times. There's some things you can change up to two times. And let's be real. I'm sure some people, they went ahead and changed that and they got a penalty for it. So they probably didn't care. You know, at this point, they're second in points. They need everything that they can get. So they don't care if they're going to get the penalty out of it. It was a five-place grid penalty for it. So, you know, to them, who cares? They could qualify fifth and start tenth. Big, big whoop. For Lewis Hamilton and a Mercedes car that's considerably fast, probably the fastest on the grid, let's be real. Yeah, just based on what different, <laughs> the straight line speed yeah. of him catching everybody on that exactly. front stretch and just passing them with ease. So what, you know, and um, this is in no way knocking Lewis Hamilton. I know he can drive, but what bugged me the entire weekend about that was is how they said, well, he came from 20th to 5th in the sprint race. Right. He's so good. And I'm like, well... If you really want to look at it, I'm sure some of the drivers out there probably aren't pushing their car as hard either because no, you wouldn't you have you're talking about drivers that are probably on some of their last legs of certain components of their engines that don't want to take that penalty for changing certain parts on their engine. So of course Lewis Hamilton's gonna come out there and just drive by everybody. It's not a big deal. I mean, if he's starting in the back, Williams, Haas, back markers all the time these yep. days who are much more slower than mercedes probably like three to four seconds slower on qualifying on a good day so that right there bugged the crap out of me to answer your second question i think even if there is sprint qualifying maybe that penalty should not be assessed until after sprint qualifying but then again what's the point with even running the race if you just know you're going to start from the back right. to begin with because you know if if some people listening don't really understand what the problem was with Lewis Hamilton's qualifying speed was in Formula One on the rear wing when you have certain areas on the track DRS drag reduction system and so you you know the back the, the back wing opens up so you can you know you get a speed advantage and you're allowed to open that up in all DRS parts in qualifying and what was really cool I found out how they test this the other day is that they you you have a stick and you have a, like it almost looks like a styrofoam puck mm-hmm. and it measures about eighty five millimeters wide. And what they do is they turn it sideways and you have an official who will try and what happens is it's like if, a template. Yeah, it's like a template. If you can stick that template all the way through the opening of the flap, then your flap is too wide. Okay. okay. And so like I've seen them before, you know, they, they try to force it too. I mean, it's not just like, oh, if it does, they will try and force it through. And Lewis Hamilton's was obviously 
it was obviously too wide. And I think, you know, Total Wolf, before that Brazil race, was being interviewed by Martin Brundle. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, trying to play it off as, oh, you know, you know. Nope, they caught us. Yeah. He was like, no, they were like, oh, we don't know why it was like that. We don't right. know how well, that no one, happened. No and one's going to admit to cheating in auto and racing. And I'm like, oh, you know? get out of it. He's, he is really bad acting at this. And, you know. You well, know Martin, Arnold Schwarzenegger is also a bad actor, and he's <laughs> so from Australia. Martin so. Brundle was like, well, do you. You know, do you want that rear wing back? And you know, Total Wolf's like they, the FIA can keep it and cut it up into a thousand pieces for all I care at this point. Right. So well, obviously they had moved past that. Well, obviously, I, I think him just saying that, but instead of them him getting it back and going, no, we'll fix it. He knew he came to the track with an illegal part. Yeah, he knew Total it. Wolf was, but, but it's he like, was well, visibly that, upset. He was like, he was wondering why they were caught like that. He was like, I can't believe that. Well, it's Total Wolf though. He's the one that's emailing Stewart's and. Silverstone after the Max Verstappen incident saying, I sent you an email. Look what happened. Look what happened. It's not our fault. Look what happened. Yeah. So, but, you know, so he's playing the game. I think Total Wolf is, I, even though I can't stand him or Lewis Hamilton as competitors, as people, they might be the nicest people on earth. But as competitors, I can't stand them. But see, but, you know, he's playing it off. I mean, he, Ray Havenham, Jimmy, or Chad Canals did the same thing. They played it off. I don't care what they do with it. They caught they caught in the legal part. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Jeff Gordon said in an interview one time about Ray Everham. They said Jeff Gordon said if they came back through pre tech inspection too fast, then Ray Everham's not doing his job. Right. If you, come, <laughs> if, you, if you don't have problems during tech inspection, I've seen the same documentary you're talking yeah. about saying. If we breezed through tech and said it was no problem, it's like that car is not going to win the race. Yeah, because they're going to they're yeah. going back in the day with the template came. They're going to doctor it and do everything they can to get their advantage on it. Yeah, same thing in Formula One. Formula One's not immune to this. They just got caught. They're not cheating. They're well. Let's see how far we can push the yeah. And formula. what's and what's funny with this whole situation is it, when I look at it and try to compare it between NASCAR and Formula One. Honestly, I. Formula One has got a lot of drama to it, and I don't think people really understand it, that right. it comes down to the team. I mean, Total Wolf is out there, and they're out there talking to the FIA during a race, and you will hear them trying to lobby their story back yeah, and forth. Like will. in Brazil, when Verstappen had run wide and turned, I think it was, it was like, like turn, turn one? four, I think it was. Uh, oh, one, yeah, yeah, I know what you One, two, three, turn four. Yeah, I remember that, racing Lewis yeah, Hamilton. So they never showed the onboard camera from that incident. And so I was thinking to myself, oh, maybe it was just a, you know, a lot of people said, oh, well, why is Verstappen running him hard here? Well, let's go back to Silverstone. Lewis Hamilton, he clearly ran inside on a turn that should not be too wide. Right. Now, come back to turn four Brazil here. When that happened, I thought, well, maybe Verstappen just ran it real hard in there because, I mean, he tried to run it hard. Maybe he locked it up a little bit. It wasn't clear on his day on camera that he locked it up. But, I mean, that's a turn that you could possibly actually go too wide in through. The guy on the outside probably would have more of an advantage. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a video, and Verstappen didn't look like he was turning very well. Oh, but at the same time, I know what you're saying. when you have a car under braking that heavy, trying to make a turn like that, it's going to be kind of hard to yeah, turn at the same it's time. It's understeer at that but point. But Lewis Hamilton comes back like two laps later and passes him anyways. But what, what kills me is that the commentators were talking about how Verstappen's going back and forth across the track to try to break it up. And... NASCAR, that's not frowned upon really, but in Formula One, oh my God, let me tell you what. Yeah, that is the block. most frowned upon thing. Yeah, so taboo in Formula One. Yeah, so it's, what, a, what a weekend of Brazil it was. And, I'm, yeah. you know, I, I don't like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I really think that if there's a penalty that comes out like that for a sprint qualifying weekend, yeah, it should it be, should be given after. Because it should be happen- the, the yeah. penalty should be incurred. 
put onto the driver into the team after final qualifying is set. Because let's just think of it like this. Because he really he lost nothing. Yeah, we don't know what was going. Mercedes was probably thinking, you know, in the weeks leading up to it, it's a sprint qualifying race. We could probably get away with trying some right. things we could try. because we know that we can and make if, that if up. If they could catch one thing out of the, I'm just speculating here, if they could catch one thing out of the five things, six things that we've done to this car, great. We yeah. made it through because they, it was like the back to the Ray Evernham thing, smoke and mirrors. You talk about, do, do you do this to this section and you act like you're doing it? And it's like, okay, that's fine. Smoke and mirrors. So they could have brought 10 components or six components. We'll go, we'll go with the uh, conservative number six and say, okay, to your point, there is a spring qualifying race. Let's put these components onto the car that we know don't fit. Right. But if they catch one out of the six, we're doing pretty daggum good. And then we could go forward and say the rest work. And now they're every FIA official is probably going to be focused on the rear wing of Lewis Hamilton more so than whatever component that could make a big difference in performance. Not saying that's happening. But I want to put it past Mercedes or any other team, for that matter, for doing that. They got caught. I would rather see the penalty put in place after the final grid is set, mm-hmm. and then say, "Now you got the penalty. Now you come." Because I, I think I think they may have done that because knowing that they were going to get only yeah. that five grace five excuse me five place grid penalty. So then they're thinking, "Oh well, we because I think that was incurred before qualifying even happened." Right. So they were probably thinking, "Well." We got to get as much as we can out of this because we don't want to. So for this, let's, let's qualify the pole and then we'll start sixth. Yeah. So let's not even qualify for the setup for the field for the sprint race. Let's go ahead and just stop here. What do we need to change in this? Well, let's change the ICE. Yeah. Well, let's change that and change this. Go up through the field. Oh, no. The ICE came in after the sprint race. So let's fix this. Lewis, get as much as you can because we're going to change the ICE. So you're going to get another five place grid penalty. So finish as high as you can. That'd be great. Even if. And if Lewis Hamilton would have finished third, he would have gotten a point out of it and moved back to ninth at that point. Yeah. Or sixth at that point. Ninth. <laughs> My math is bad sometimes. But, yeah, I mean, I am I would have much rather seen it say, okay, field is set. Lewis Hamilton disqualified from qualifying because of that. Boom, you're starting 20th. Yeah, it, that's just me. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, you're going to say, no, he did everything right. And he, he, he they did. Mercedes and Total Wolf and Lewis Hamilton did everything right within that weekend to get the most out of it. And he won the race. No yeah, surprise. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm not knocking Lewis Hamilton. Brazil is a very tough track to pass at. Right. It's very narrow. I'm not going to knock him and say that. Oh wow, you know, he went from 20 to fifth. Oh, that's not a big deal. You know, whatever. Because it's very hard to pass. But it's a very considerable thing to see how much faster that car is than everybody else. Lewis Hamilton goes, passes for Stapp, and finally wins the race. Big deal. We all saw right. it coming. No, we did. And then you move forward to Qatar. Lewis Hamilton qualifies on pole. Nearly out-qualifying Verstappen by almost like half a second. I was like, holy crap. That's ridiculous. Considering the, the fight between Red Bull and Mercedes, who are, seem to be neck and neck week in and week out on qualifying, and you have Lewis Hamilton that just comes on by and says, I'm going to out-qualify you by nearly half a second. Yeah, and Qatar was an okay race. I mean, I didn't much care for the result. I thought Max might have had something there for him, but he didn't. No, well, but once the big, he... But the big thing out of that to me was the left front tires. What, four of them? Went down, yeah, and I, that's just crazy. I never. It's rare to see one Pirelli tire fail due to excessive stresses put on it, but to have four happen. Well, we saw that happen at. Um, I know what you're talking about, Baku, Baku, but that was, I think, just one of those things that affected Verstappen bad. But that 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 but, affected but, him and Stroll at that time. Yeah, but it's just I think. But I just, think it was the track as well too, because there was a lot of talk about the over corners. The week, uh, yeah, the corners on exit. 
how you have, you know, the uh, the high differential in the track and the yeah. curbs and all that. And a lot of guys were having the underside of the car ripped off. A lot of wings were getting ripped off on the front. So I think that had to do with the tire situation because um, I think it was Botas was the first one that had a problem in the race. Mm-hmm. And I think when he had come wide off of one of the corners, the wing, the front wing had gotten damaged enough where some of it came off and that cut the tire right away. Right. Yeah, Pirelli might have been looking at that, but at the same time, I think it was the track limits as well. It was just, you just had to watch where you're going right? in terms of that track. So, yeah, the race was kind of status quo. Verstappen, yep. if he would have started second instead of getting that penalty for, you know, the double-waved yellow flags in qualifying, yeah. then he, maybe he would have had something for Lewis right away. But that track surface looks a little rough. Yeah, it did. But, I mean, both weekends, Brazil and Qatar... Lewis Hamilton finishes first. Max Verstappen second. Good job to Fernando Alonso in Qatar for finishing third. That was really cool to see. Yeah. But the point standings does construct. We're going to cover this real quick and get into our NASCAR season review. The constructor standings are really starting to be interesting. Because now it's, as it stands right now, Verstappen's in the lead over Hamilton by eight points, eight points, which isn't a big gap. No. And according to you, he could lock it up next week if he finishes yeah, I saw a couple if, different scenarios. If Verstappen wins and Lewis Hamilton's, Hamilton finishes six, and that's given that Max Verstappen has the fastest lap. Yes, he gets that extra point. So that's going to be interesting. I wanted to go down to the final race I think there at could, Abu Dhabi, honestly. and I think it could. But what's really blowing me away right now is the Constructors' Championship. You go to the Constructors' Championship, Mercedes has a very slim lead, five points. And a lot of that has to do with Botas finishing outside the points. Yes, it does. Even one or two points, but Botas is not having the consistent season like he did back in the day. Even a year ago, he's not having the consistent season. So it's not only a driver's championship at stake here for Mercedes, it is a constructor's championship because Perez and Verstappen are doing exactly what they need to do. Finishing in the points. Doesn't matter if it's one or 19 or 25. You'd rather it be higher numbers for podium finishes. But that's going to be more, that's going to be interesting as well to go into next season for development into that new car. Yeah. That's what's really going to blow me away. But the next race for Formula One is going to be in Saudi Arabia, December 5th at 1230 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it looks like. So maybe not, yeah. and it looks like another night race. Yeah, I late think it night, is. Yeah. A late night race mm-hmm. there for Saudi Arabia. So in 10 days after the good old Thanksgiving feast here in the good old United States, that was Formula One, man. Yeah. Very drama-filled Dra- drama last filled? few weeks of Formula 1. It's going to come down. I think it will come down to the final race. I want it to come down to the final race yeah, here. I think that'd be really cool. Before we continue on with today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire. There you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, pint glasses, and so much more to show everyone that you are an avid listener and a fan of rambling about racing. And if you order between now and the end of November using discount code TURKEY, you'll get 20% off of your order. That is for both Teespring and Bonfire. Links will be in the podcast description. Or if you go to ramblingaboutracing.com, under the stores tab, that'll take you to our Teespring store where you can also find throwback in the Marbles racing gear. So, Head on over to those stores, check it out, getting ready for the holiday season, grab yourself a Rambling About Racing hoodie, or just a t-shirt for lounging around the house. Again, if you use discount code TURKEY, you get 20% off your orders. 
Now moving on to NASCAR here. Before we get into our senior review, they're bringing it back. After months and months of lobbying, I feel like they listened to this show specifically. They better have. And said, <laughs> wow, these guys know what they're talking about. Practice and qualifying <laughs> finally coming back. Not only qualifying, knockout qualifying. Hopefully, hopefully it's not as big of a debacle as it was a few years ago. But they are bringing back knockout qualifying. It isn't going to be every car on track at the same time, it doesn't look like. No, that was a debacle back then. Was- but, but here's what I like about this. So we're going to have 15-minute practices for it looks like ovals which are greater than a mile and no more than a mile and a half. It looks like super speedways. Road courses have 20-minute practice sections and then two 50-minute practice sessions for Bristol Dirt. That's understandable. Yeah. But it looks like you're going to have two group of cars with a single lap qualifying and the top five transfer from group A and group B into the final round, and they set the top 10 off of that. So great. This is going to be great. The only difference is that Super Speed Rays gets two rounds, single lap, top 10 transfer. That's a difference. So instead of Group A and Group B, everybody does one lap, top 10 go. Road courses, they have 15-minute time sessions with Group A and Group B, top five transfer, and then a 10-minute session for the qualifying. And then there are four qualifying rounds at Bristol Dirt, which will set the field. So it's going to be interesting to see. 50-minute practice sessions. It's going to be very nice to see practice and qualifying come back. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this because this is what we wanted. But it's not your traditional knockout. But at the same time, it's okay. At least it's not going to be, okay, give me the lineup from the finishing order from last week. That's how you're lining up for this week. Yeah. yeah. Well, between that and the, your your last five finishes all together, yeah. <laughs> all together this whole formula. I love the way Bob Pockrass said, okay. How can you guys not get this? This is very simple. You take the fastest lap plus your finishing position yeah. divided by the quantum space <laughs> physics, and then you do this, and that's your starting position. Yeah, how, you need difficult, a PhD how, it. how difficult is this, guys? And Bob Proncrest is like, oh, yeah, it's very easy to me. It's like this guy. Nobody likes that. Yeah. Nobody liked that. I didn't like it. No, I, it was but awful. I, I understand why we did it for COVID, but I, 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 but I liked it better when it was based on points. A random draw for 1st through 15th. 16th through 25th, and then 25th through 40th, or is a random draw. I didn't mind that because if you get knocked out of the X position, you could start anywhere in between that position. I like that. Now, what I'm curious about is I feel like they could probably do some of these qualifying sessions like before a race. No, they could. But I'm, I'm guessing they're probably going to go back to I, reverting I like the day before Because I know, I know trucks and Xfinity are going to be going through the same thing. Trucks and Xfinity, I think they always do the same day. Right, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. But I think it's, it's Cup could get away with that, too. But it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be back to kind of norm here, kind especially of, yeah. with the Gen 7 car making its debut at the L.A. Coliseum, which we're not – I don't think anybody's really happy about it oh unless God. you live in Los yeah. Angeles. Don't get like, me started on oh, that. Great. I've, I've, that's more of a preseason. Yeah, that's listened, more of a start of season Let's just say I've, I've listened to a couple of things that say that this could be a big bust because oh, that's same be. – that, uh, I think they're going there the week – of the Super um, Bowl. Yeah, I think it's the week of or the week before the Super Bowl, but it doesn't matter because people say, well, usually the Super Bowl is kind of like a week-long thing anyways. So so what, we're just going to sprinkle it with a dip of NASCAR? That's stupid. I, I don't see Whoever decided out. that needs to walk up to the Jim Francis' office, and Jim Francis says, thank you for your time. Your your services are no longer required. We're going to hire Preston Lude and Matt Beamer into yeah, NASCAR well, to make this decision. Yeah. You know what, Jim Francis, I'm going to put this open, open invitation out there. Let us run. Let us be in control of that. 
for Ashton and I, and we will make your sport 10 times better. Yeah, we'll make NASCAR great again. Overnight. Overnight, yeah, we will make NASCAR yeah. so much better yeah. because we will cut out all the BS that's attached to it. And, hey, let's try this new thing. Let's not try the new thing yeah, because, because nobody wants that. Yeah, no, I, I heard that what's anybody with, with a charter has to go to it. Yeah, and what's, that's what's killing me. Is yeah, it's not earned. Who's going to want to do that? Because you have to go there and then come all the way back. To, Flor- to North to, Carolina, to your race shop, and then go down to Florida. And go down to Florida for... You know, the, Who made that stupid decision? I want to know. I want him to have him on the show. It, I want this them, is another I want thing where NASCAR is trying to pander to a new market, don't but it's not going to work. Don't pander to a new market. It's not going to work. You've got like your that. core group of fans, and Steve Phelps, I'm going to keep going back on this. On his episode, on his interview with Dale Earnhardt Jr. a few years ago, he said, We are sacrificing 10 old fans for one new fan. Yeah. And he hasn't learned a damn thing no. since he started doing that because Jim, because Steve Phelps. Jim France, I don't know why he's not taking the reins harder, but Steve Phelps, and we'll talk to the guys. I want to talk to the guys about chair gating on this because they don't like their dislike to Steve Phelps is equivalent to my dislike to Brian France. I want to talk to them because they might bring up some good points, stuff I never even thought about, but it's the same thing. Why would you take this and not take the reins, Jim France? Yeah, Jim France needs to take the reins in NASCAR yeah. and say, this is my ship that my brother formed. And I'm going to continue pushing it forward. You know, and maybe I hope to God that I'm all wrong about this whole clash thing. But a lot of people are like, who's going to want to go there? And, and you know, people say, oh, this could be a wreck fest. What kind of owner wants their car to get their wrecked brand like that? New yeah. Gen yeah, 7 yeah, car. Gen, brand this, new Gen 7 car. This could very well be one of those things where it's like NASCAR said, we didn't really put it through a gr- good crash test. So this is a good opportunity to... Well, maybe it will happen. I heard Fox is a really big proponent behind this because Fox is located near that okay. Coliseum. If Fox made the call on this, well, then shame on NASCAR for saying, yeah, we'll listen to a TV network running our sport. Who's running NASCAR, Fox or Jim France? Yeah, exactly. So. It's just ridiculous. It's stupid. I mean, every of course, NASCAR is not going to say this might work. They're going to hype it up to the point where it's like it's going to work no matter what. But I haven't heard met one fan. I have a lot of optimism I haven't, about the season. I haven't met one fan that said, I cannot wait for the clash at the Coliseum. No, not at all. I, I really have Maybe haven't. some of the people at Twitter out there, but you know those are... Yeah, but also some people on Twitter will just say what they want in order to get the likes, too. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's exactly you know, what it we is. We say stuff on Twitter all the time that's controversial. We don't get likes. But if we say something that people agree with and like, well, then, oh, yeah, you might get yeah. a like or two. It doesn't matter. I don't care about the likes on Twitter. If you don't agree with my opinion, let us know on what, using hashtag what you think ITM yep. because it's it's ridiculous how whether it's Baker's simple truth turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This whole Coliseum thing is, I didn't want to spend two hours on the Coliseum or maybe even as long as we have on the Coliseum because I don't care about the Coliseum. Am I going to watch it? Absolutely, I'm going to watch it because it's speed weeks. I'm using my air quotes here. Yeah. I- <laughs> it's speed weeks because I always like to clash when I watched or started the NASCAR season. Yeah. It's an unofficial kickoff. It's a preseason. Yeah, this is, you know, I... But now it's in Los yeah. Angeles. I don't care about California or Los Angeles. The only right. thing time I care about it is twice a year, Auto Club Speedway and Sonoma. And Auto Club Speedway is going away to a... They're yeah, consolidating they're, that down. Yeah, they're so, reconfiguring and that. And I'm upset about that. I will forever be upset about that one. We'll wait on that one until that race comes yeah, up. It's just, I, I don't have a problem with change, but like you say, but, when, when Steve Phelps said, oh, we're sacrificing 10 old fans. Yeah, you are, because you're getting rid of Speed Weeks. This is yeah, your this, this is your substitution for our Speed Weeks. This is not exciting as a fan, I used to always get excited to come Jan- into January because you're like, "Oh man, we're gonna get pre- we're getting gonna preseason happen. testing. Yep, we're getting yeah, we're get we're getting qualifying, we're getting the duels and the clash, and now we don't get any of that. And don't let the drivers put their two cents in it. Drivers like Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, whomever. Now Chase Elliott, maybe a Martin Truex Jr. and who, and now maybe a Kyle Larson in there who are big names in the sport saying, we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do that. It's like, shut up, drive the car. If you don't like it, give up your seat for someone who won't complain and wants to race. That's me. Yeah. I don't care. That's not what we're going to talk about. No. I don't know why we went down that rabbit hole here, but, <laughs> but our season review for the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season, mainly Cup Series, maybe we could dabble into Cup and uh, Truck and Xfinity. But here's how we're going to do it. We're going to use a rating score of 1 to 5, and we're going to rate the road courses, super speedways, short tracks, and intermediate tracks such as Charlotte, Texas, Kansas, whatnot. But we're going to start off with the road courses here, and we're going to do them overall. We're not going to break down Coda, and we're not going to break down everything like that. We're not breaking down the races, but we're just going to rate the tracks that these are good, these are bad, we're going to do that. So we're going to start off with the road courses. There are seven of them. Daytona Road Course the Roval, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Road America, Sonoma, Coda, Watkins Glen. Yeah, there you go. There's seven right there. All right, there's there seven right there, making sure our accounts were right. And on, you started to get lost. I started to get lost there. <laughs> there's but, a lot of them. But through the magic of editing, nobody will know what happened. <laughs> I mean, they will just come to this and like, why, what are they talking about editing for? Let's go from one to five. How did you like the road course racing this year? <clears throat> Honestly, I, I know I can't give half points. I would say three. I'd go yeah, three. I, I would I go a solid went, three, too. I almost went two. two, but three because... Yeah, I, mean, I guarantee you if Charlie were here, he'd say easy five, four and a half, five. We'll give points. We'll give yeah, points. Yeah, no, I wouldn't... But I wouldn't even give it that because I'm not a big fan of road course racing. Road course racing was good, but we saw the same drivers up there all the time. And it wasn't even that. Chris Bell won the Daytona road course. Good on him. But then road course racing to me is just not fun. I don't know why they oversaturated it. 
Well, this it's, year was it's, seven? it's like I said before, is that NASCAR is not a road course sport, but there are certain road courses that they can run. Because Sonoma, we're talking Glenn. about a stock car. We're not talking about an open wheel car with, that can go fast around corners. These are stock cars that when you're watching on TV, it looks really slow. It's like watching paint dry. You're like, oh, my God. And like we said before, there's only be a handful of tracks. The Roval worked very well. We've seen it the all Roval, the time. The Roval, the Roval very well. is the one thing that NASCAR and SMI tried that was a home run, home run grand yeah. slam. That was great. Keep the Roval. Sonoma keep, obviously stays in Watkins Glen. In Watkins Glen due to yeah. the history. I can understand why they tried Indianapolis Road Course because Indy Oval hasn't been performing well since the tire debacle in 2008. And Indy Road Course wasn't that bad, but there was just a lot of ridiculousness to it. You know, there were certain there were certain things that just didn't work out. You know, with the, the whole cutting corners and the curves thing, and that's the one thing with right. NASCAR and road courses right. that there's no track limits. And it, it, this isn't that show, Preston, yeah. because I know I think everybody out there knows your view on track limits in NASCAR. Well, I was just trying to say that you know, like I said, there are certain tracks that NASCAR can work with, and with Indy Road Course right. having no track limits, do you have debacles like that? So I think I would give it solid three. Yep, solid three. I wish Sounds NASCAR good. would probably just go back to maybe three or four road courses. Maybe if they found a good fourth one. Yeah, Road America wasn't anything special to me. The Indianapolis road course was a good race up until that whole two-hour red flag there at the end. It was just miserable yeah. right there. The finish was great. The Roval didn't fail to produce great racing. So Noma Watkins Glen was status quo, I'd say. You know, it was good road course racing for what it is. Daytona road course... Dump that off the schedule. Keep it to IMSA right there for Daytona Road Course, in my opinion. Or bring Formula 1 there. If they bring a Formula 1 race to... I saw this video I need to show you about the Formula 1 testing on there. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I will pay good money to go there and bring my daughter. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I you know, get rid of those few road courses. I mean, I think they're on the schedule for next season, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Solid three. I, I'm going to yeah. agree with you there. Solid three. Okay, super speedways or short tracks first? Uh, super speedways. Okay, that's easy because there's only two of them. Yeah. Well, technically, there's three um, three of them that we raced here. We raced Michigan. Oh, yeah, technically Michigan is a super Mich- speedway. Michigan, Daytona, Talladega. I'm going to give them a solid 4.5. I would give it a 4. Because Talladega never produces bad racing to me. Daytona no. never produces bad racing to me. Michigan, I'm looking up here who won Michigan because... Ryan Blaney won Michigan. Obviously, I had to look it up. It didn't really strike strike out to me. But Daytona, Daytona 500, always a good race, always something interesting happened there. You picked the driver to win, Michael McDowell. So you have that bragging right throughout the season. Talladega was just Talladega. One was rain shortened. Bubba Wallace won that race. And the other one, Brad Keselowski won. And then the cutoff race, which I am a big fan of the cutoff race for Daytona. That was won by Ryan Blaney. Daytona didn't fail to produce anything bad. Talladega was great up until the rain. Again, they need lights. They need lights at all speedways and super speedway races, in my opinion. But I thought, yeah, a good solid four for super speedways. It was good racing all year round. I wasn't disappointed once about the quality of the racing. And it's always fun listening to the spotters the whole time at Daytona and Talladega. They have oh, an yeah. awesome do- job mm-hmm. there. Okay, now now short tracks. We'll go short tracks here, and then we'll go intermediate tracks, because I feel like we're going to spend longer on intermediate tracks than we will on short tracks. Richmond, Bristol Dirt, Bristol, two separate tracks there. We're going to count them as, and Martinsville. How did you feel on that from one to ten? Because here's my thing. The Bristol Dirt Race, though, great idea. 
and fun. Need some work, and that dropped down in the standings for me. Overall, I would probably give 2.5 on short tracks, honestly. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't I, I, as exciting. Now, granted, like we said, I thought the Bristol Dirt was an awesome idea. I enjoyed the race for the most part, but like you said, it's just some, one of those things that once you do it the first time, there are things that you realize you have to work yeah, on. Yeah, just like the so, Roval. They yeah. had to fix a few things during the Roval. Yeah. That's fine. But I'm, I'm with you, except I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Because I went to Bristol Night Race. It was a good race. And then with that whole debacle with Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick, that was a lot of fun to see. I wish I would have seen more pushing and shoving, but that's just me. My first time in Martinsville was a great last hundred laps. Kozlowski taking out Chase Elliott and then Bowman taking out Hamlin. Really cool to see Hamlin go up there. It's like, oh, my God. That was awesome. That was awesome to be there. That was great to be there. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I didn't go to Bristol Dirt, but I know the guys from Blind Spotting NASCAR that did. I know a couple of them did Richmond. A couple of them did. They all did Bristol Dirt, Bristol Night, and Martinsville. So they, they hit all four short tracks on the calendar. Richmond, to me, wasn't that good of a race, especially in the, really in, in the like September race. hasn't really seemed like it's been much I mean, of some anything in the past couple But maybe years. that will change with the introduction into Gen 7 car. I'm I hope so. I'm hoping yeah. it will change during the during the introduction to that car in fact all racing will change but overall yeah i'm with you i'll give it a three only because i was there for like two out like two out of the six races and i'll definitely be back eventually to those short tracks if not next year then the year after we got a lot busy going on this year this next year for us and now intermediate tracks i'm talking kansas texas charlotte oval probably darlington thrown in there Darlington, we could have probably thrown Dover into the short track category, but we'll put yeah, it in maybe. the speedway. We'll put it in the speedway category. Dover, New Hampshire, Atlanta. Oh, we should have rated Pocono. They're going down to one race next year. That was just a status quo weekend right there again yeah. for me. Nashville, Darlington, yeah, and Phoenix, and, and Las Vegas. So we're going to throw all those tracks into the rest of the schedule here. Three? Yeah, I was going to say probably a three. Solid maybe maybe three. a two. Yeah, to be honest with you, because two with some of them, absolutely. Because in those races, is the 550 package, the hot, low horsepower, high downforce package, which apparently they're still keeping, which kind of makes me do the Patrick Stewart from Star, Star Trek face palm. Just, oh no. Yeah. Keep it one package, NASCAR. Can Jim France, who the hell is running your. Yeah, you that's, know, that's, your a, that's another that thing that that's really a, bugs if, me. If that's a Steve Phelps call, I'm pretty upset with Steve Phelps. I want a new president, and I want to, I want, I I want, I want an open that. vote for that. And I can't stand how the, the package is always changing no, for different areas. It's that's stupid. That's, Keep it one not, package. Yeah. But I think that really was a detrimental blow to this season. We've seen it coming because of the default. In 2020, they had the same package. I mean, some, it, some tracks were good. Darlington some, was a pretty good. Yeah. The night race was pretty good. The Southern 500 was a great race. Yeah. And unfortunately, then it, it, the, the spring race was boring. Yeah, spring race wasn't all that good. You know, Drew X dominated. It was yeah. just out front the whole time, which is fine. I mean, if he is up front the whole time, he's up front the whole time. It doesn't really matter. But, I mean, every other race, can you think of anything spectacular from those races? I can't. Not really. I know Atlanta's going through a repave, which will be interesting to see with this new package coming out here with the june 7 car coming out but kansas really wasn't anything to brag about las vegas was nothing texas nobody likes texas anymore that just downfall that was a shooting falling star from yeah. the from a few years especially ago. putting the all-star race there too yeah i don't know why they're doing that they it failed last time 
I didn't like that. Jimmy, ha- Sammy Hagar, I think that was his name, dry- singing that song. And when he finished the song, it's like, I don't care about songs. I don't care about pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Anthem, flyover, invocation. That's all That's you need. That's all you need. I mean, I mean, even why is he re- singing the song as they're doing pace laps? Yeah. And all of a sudden he finishes right as they get ready to start. Like, big whoop. Who cares? Yeah, this, this whole thing was so stupid. It was, everything was stupid about that. I don't know why we're going back again. If that's another Steve Phelps call, I'm going to be pretty upset. <laughs> My, my fandom of Steve Phelps, my trust in him making the right decisions is going down faster than the Titanic. Two, and I think you're lucky to get that NASCAR. Yeah. I mean, overall, the season was an average season. It wasn't great. No, it was not. It wasn't the best season I've ever seen. But there's really nothing except maybe the Daytona 500, the Roval, Martinsville Fall, and the Southern 500 where I could pull together and say, I, I really don't remember anything else yeah, I, from I, the season. I think we have. I mean, I think some NASCAR podcasts and NASCAR shows are, of course, going to talk NASCAR up like it's a great thing. But we're going to give it to you straight here and rambling about oh, yeah. racing. That's it. Yeah. And say, Absolutely. And say that, okay, this chapter in NASCAR is closed. Next year, we got the Gen 7 car and a lot of new changes, single car, lug, single lug nuts, practicing qualifying are coming back. There's going to be a lot of changes to NASCAR, hopefully for the benefit of NASCAR moving forward from 2022. Yeah, I, I have a. Hopefully, I it does. give. The new season coming up, a lot of optimism because I watched some of the testing with the Gen 7 car. I think we're going to get a lot of drivers trying to figure it out as the season goes, which is cool. You know, a lot of people raised a lot of flack about the whole single lug nut thing, which when when you're watching it now, it doesn't really change a whole lot because here's the, you know, people say... It yeah. sounds like a Formula One pit stop almost. It, it does, but it's, but it's fast, not. But it's not. It's, you it, still have the tire changers, tire carriers, and instead of hitting five lug nuts, you hit a center lug nut. Yeah, because but I think it's going to make it interesting. Yeah, but, and, but I don't think what people really understood was when that came out, a lot of people were like, oh, this is Formula One, but you have to sit back and look at it like this. In Formula One, your pit crew is already sitting out there on the pit lane. There's a reason why their pit stops are between two and three seconds, because you have four different tire changers that are all already sitting out there. NASCAR is not changing anything except for the lug nut. They still have to come over the wall. You still have to have two guys changing tires on both sides. You still have to have a fuel guy. Yeah, you still have to have a fuel I mean, guy. It's the same thing, just instead of I five think, lug nuts, it's just one. I think we talked about this when the single lug nut was definitely set in stone. And I forget what episode it was, but go back and hey, go back and listen to every episode if you want, because that's all good shows here, I feel. That we said after the first pit stop at Daytona, no one's going to even think twice about that. Nope. No one's going to think twice about the single lug nut. I saw the pit stops. I thought nothing changed except we went from five to one and one off, one on, one off, one on, and that was it. I found it very interesting. You're not going to notice. You're not going to notice after that first one. It's kind of like the as bad as the rear wing was on the car of tomorrow. After a couple races, you didn't even notice yeah, it. Yeah, you didn't even it's like, I don't care. And then when they went away with it, it's like, oh, well, okay. We had, I forgot we had wings. You'll still have drama on pit stops. You're, I mean, it, gonna, it happens in Formula One. It's honestly. a single point of failure at yeah, that point. If something's cross threaded, it going on, it going off, you're not going to have a wheel secure and wheels are just going to do, do, and it fly off. And then that's the end of that race. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I'm with you. I'm very optimistic about the 2022 season, except for the exception of the. LA Coliseum. I'm not yeah, looking think, forward to yeah, that. Yeah, we're both we're both equal on that one. We're optimists about everything else except for that. <laughs> right. The, the schedule is going to be great. We got a, a lot of good returning drivers. We've got drivers coming up. 
from the Xfinity Series. We got drivers dropping down from the Xfinity Series. Another driver not going to be racing next year, Anthony Alfredo. I know Deb is a big fan of uh, Anthony Alfredo. Yeah, well, oh, well I think he's got a better chance at finding a ride than Matt DiBenedetto does all day long. Well, no. I mean, that's up for debate. Benedetto's a fan favorite. Does he have any funding behind him? He's a phony. I don't know. He's a phony. The Benedetto? Yep. Uh Uh-oh. I will stand by that all day long. I've I've figured it out. I've learned it. Deb and I have talked about it. Okay. Well, let me hear. (laughs) He's a phony. Well, we got a little bit of time here before (laughs) before we have to wrap it up here and we hit our final thoughts. Why is Matt the Benedetto a phony? Uh, Because of the way I I figured it out with his the 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 recent social media post about him talking about how he deletes his Twitter. He's like, oh, I'm going to jump well, off of Twitter, and then he's back again. Well, we talked about that already. Yeah, he's a phony. Is that he, the, he, oh, he, I thought he, you, I, I thought you bring some new evidence to the table. No, but no, you're just but there, the there was thing. A, there was actually an article that was written about him, and it had a lot of things in there. Like what? Give me two. Well, I, I can't remember because I read it a couple weeks ago when it came out. Oh, okay. I, I can forward it to you, and you can read it, well, well, and we can talk about it next week. Let's bring it up now. Okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go I mean, see if well, I can find I it. I mean, what are we doing right now except wrapping Nothing. up our NASCAR season review, which really wasn't a bunch of stats. It was just us saying, you know, road courses. Yeah, three, because, we didn't, because we're not much of a fan of road courses here unless it's Formula One. Yeah, no, yeah. So I'm kind of curious to hear why Matt DeFenedetto is a phony because I think he's a genuine guy, but you might change my mind here. Here we go. Preston's shaking his head like, he's he's not a normal guy, man. (laughs) Let's see if I can find it. I read this article. (laughs) And I even, I, Matthew Burroughs was the guy that wrote it. Okay, Matthew Burroughs here. Okay. Curious case of Matt DeFenedetto. Okay, do you want want me to read it? Because I feel like you reading it, you're going to point out the highlights that you pointed out here and have a, a, yeah, here, a fresh set of eyes here. here. Yeah, you go ahead and look over okay. it. Okay. NASCAR's had its shares of polarizing drivers over the years. I would it's agree a long article. So. I mean, even before Dale Earnhardt's traffic. Yeah, again, we have to bring up Dale Earnhardt. Every, hey. Everything <laughs> NASCAR historians <laughs> touch about has to bring up Dale Earnhardt. Leave the man alone. He's gone. I'm kind of sick of that right now. Ugh. Darren Waltrip, I can remember that. Kyle Burst, Kurt Busch, okay, okay. Al Larson, racial slur. Again, we're bringing up. And Bubba Wallace. Yeah, let's bring up Bubba Wallace. We have to include him in everything we do. Okay, Matt Benedetto. Here we go. Brings us to Matt Benedetto. No driver is a better example of the roller coaster of modern popular discourse than the veteran driver from California. Once universally beloved as a scrappy, hard-lucked underdog, sneaking good finishes in, underfunded equipment, since developed into a polarizing figure of political and social opinion. So is Bubba Wallace. But we can't write bad about Bubba Wallace here. Let's not, I don't want to even get into that, that, that <laughs> dog crap pile right there. Wrapping lovingly in a personal choice of religious demeanor and calamity in a character want only celebrating by someone of professional shortcomings. Leave his faith alone. I guarantee you if this guy was Muslim, nobody would say anything. But since he's a Christian, oh, let's all bash Matt Benedetto. I'm a Christian. And what are you going to do? If people don't follow us because I'm a Christian, what what do I care? I don't care. I'm going to have my personal choice and believe in Jesus. That's what I'm going to do. And if he does it, why do people dogging him about it? That's what I have to say. That's my rant about that. (laughs) I could go further down the road, but I gave you all I need to. Matt Benedetto's prospects for 2022 are uncertain. Right in the NASCAR Cup Series, they're out of reach. How it happened? Simply collectively outside the world. Pro aspect of, okay. The most important aspect of a pro race car driver, no matter what the baggage is, results. I agree. 
I 100% agree with that. Regardless of your political stance, can you produce on the track? And that's why we try, we try to focus that on the show. I, I feel right. we try to focus it on the show. I don't want to talk about anything that happens off the track in the driver's life or personal choice. I don't personally want to bring up on the show because it's none of our business. Good example, Bubba Wallace. He can believe and say whatever he wants, whatever. Come Sunday, we'll critique his thing. I'm not here to critique Bubba Wallace as a person. Is he has a race car driver, and it's tough to do. The lines are kind of blurred there from time to time on this show. Some sometimes I feel, yeah. but for the most part, I think we're pretty fair to every driver who we talk about. Mm-hmm. Can they perform on track? And this guy's bringing up this point. I don't know why he had to bring up everything else <laughs> and fluff it up. <laughs> he could have started off with, you know, Matt Benedetto struggling to find the ride in 2022. And as we all know, the most important aspect of a pro race car driver is no matter the baggage, it's the results. And that's all he needed to do to open this up. Who's this guy again? Matthew Burroughs. Yes. Matthew Burroughs flopped up this article with all this emotionally charged stuff. And now you read it, and now you don't even think about that, I feel. You don't think about the bottom. Matthew Burroughs never won a nationally touring NASCAR race. True. But much criticism could be unfair when considering Matt, when considering a driver's overall employment. Matthew would be the first to tell you not winning his disappointment, but how do his finishes compare? For the sake of argument here let's consider nascar performance given in his sample size matt started his cup career bk racing okay matt Domenico's most popular moment came in his sixth place finish at bristol in 2016 i would say it would be second in 2019 all right now they're complaining now at the bottom they're comparing blaney's starts with the wood brothers to matt Domenico's starts oh and paul menard's in here too yeah he is in there <laughs> okay so for ryan blaney in the cups in the cup series with uh the wood brothers 23 top 10s, one win, two poles. Average finish in 2016 of 18th and an average finish of seven, uh, in 2017 of 17th. Paul Menard, top, 11 top 10s, zero wins, one pole. About the same. I would say within the margin of error right there, the same. Matt Benedetto, 2020 average finish, 14th. An average finish of 16th in 2021. So no better, no worse right. than... Ryan Blaney, Paul Menard. Kind of right there in the same ballpark right there. No wins, 20 top 10s. He did better than Paul Menard. I know. <laughs> and I would say he didn't win a poll only because it was the, it has a little asterisk there. I'm sure it was based on the lineup from, you know, all that stuff. It, it, the lineup was. How's this saying it's a phony? I, 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 from what oh, I've oh, seen. Now, now, now I've talked about Tyler Reddick's running the eight car. It didn't do any better. Okay. Well, see here. Here's my thing with Matt Benedetto. I don't know why, if we want to just keep NASCAR racing, NASCAR racing, why we have to bring up Kyle Larson's past because clearly everybody's accepting him back in the industry. Mm -hmm. I know Tony Stewart wanted to bring him on his team. Ford didn't want him on his team. Well, that fit bit Ford in the butt because now he's winning for a Chevrolet team and everybody associates Kyle Larson with Chevy now and Hendrick where they could have related him to Tony Stewart and Haas. I'm just saying. The Intimidator, they shouldn't have brought him up. But here's the thing. I mean, I'm even with this with Bubba Wallace, like I said. Leave their personal matters and their choices to them. Well, I, it's not just that. I think he, Matt Benedetto brings those two with him. Is okay. what I'm saying. Well, if one is strong in their faith, What's wrong with him for expressing it on social media? It has nothing to do with his faith. Well, it's the, the fact that he's he flip-flops all the time is what I'm saying, and nobody likes that. And Penske... But what did he flip-flop on? It's just all kinds of things. He gets, he gets so far caught up into social media, and that 
equate that he almost like kind of brings that to the track. Yeah, well, then just and they don't they they didn't like no. that. I think Pinsky didn't like that, especially. And I don't know. I just that's just what I see right through him because I'm not saying that I, I I'm not knocking the man for his faith, but when I have to see videos of him posting and talking about social media and talking about the world, and then he wants to say, "Well, I'm gonna." leave Twitter and then he's back literally a week later and then he comes out with another video where it looks like he's trying to act and it's awful and then he's got to bring that everywhere he goes. Nobody likes that. Nobody wants that. Okay, fair enough. What I'm saying is I don't think he takes a stance with one thing. I think he likes to switch all the time and nobody wants that. All right, well, you want to see the simple thing with uh, Matt Benedetto videos? Just keep swiping up. If you, don't I, want to I, hear, if you don't want to hear his opinion, just like... I unfollowed him on everything, and then some people say, oh, well, here's the latest video. So then I'm like, oh, I have to see what he's well, got see, to say today. Well, then just leave him alone. Leave Matt DiBenedetto alone. That's all you got to say. Okay. But you know what? I, we can say the same thing about Bubba Wallace. You don't like Bubba Wallace, you don't have to follow him on all social media. If you don't like Matt DiBenedetto, don't follow him on social media. Heck, if you don't like Daryl Waltrip or Dale Jr., don't follow them on social media. Because you seeing that, whatever they post is only going to make you mad. It's like me with Lewis Hamilton. Every time I see Lewis Hamilton post, I'm like, oh, what a great day. It's like, shut up, Lewis Hamilton. Well, and here it also say that, you know, Benedetto made powerful remarks and videos that he posted talking about how the 2021 season was broken and that he received the, you know, the crap end of the deal. And Audrey Pinsky didn't like that. Well, that was him shooting himself in the foot. He didn't have a right. What does he have to lose? It's not like he was under contract with Penske. He he was out of the car at the end of the season anyway. We all know that Austin Sendrick's going to come in. Well, not Austin Sendrick anymore. Burden's going to come into that seat right now because Sendrick's going to the two car. But what did he have to lose? I mean, maybe maybe he felt like he got shafted. I don't know. I wasn't there in the meetings with him. He didn't perform well this year. He did He did status quo for what the Wood Brothers bring to the table. Agree or disagree? Who? I'm sorry, I Matt missed De, that. Matt DiBenedetto. He did status quo just based on the stats that well, yeah, he brought up with yeah. Blaney, Paul Menard, and Matt Benedetto. Yeah, he did. He ran about where that car should have ran. Yeah. Now, if he was in the actual Penske car, let's say the two car, mm-hmm. should he have ran better? Absolutely. The 22? Absolutely. The 12? Absolutely. Or a Joe Gibbs car, he should have been running up front. Just because you're an affiliate to a major race team like Penske doesn't mean you're a Penske car. 2311 is affiliated with Joe Gibbs Racing, case in point. <laughs> That's all I need to say, yeah, case right. in point. Now, is it going to change here with Kurt Busch coming in? We'll we'll have to wait and see. But Bubba Wallace ran where Bubba Wallace normally runs. Mm-hmm. That's true. Maybe it Very isn't true. a car and equipment thing. Maybe it's just a driver thing. It's like it, a little bit's equipment. We saw that with George Russell last year jumping into a Mercedes. Yes, we did. You can have all the talent in the world if you don't have the equipment to back it up. It doesn't matter. And vice versa. You can have the best equipment in the world, but if you can't drive a car. I mean, if he was in a true, if Benedetto was in a true X car, would he have ran a few races this year? Maybe. Would he have ran more top five, top tens? Maybe. Possibly. You know, he's running where he, he's supposed to be. He's not supposed to be, but he's running where he's expected to be based on his past history stats and the stats of that team. Bubba Wallace is running exactly where people expected him to be. They'll be at that one win, and that counts. No matter how many people want to put an asterisk next to it, <laughs> it's been like that ever since I started watching NASCAR in 2001. Races past halfway, or in this point this year, in the stage two, the race is called an official at that point. Mm-hmm. Nobody's making a big hill of beans about Jeff Gordon winning that race in Pocono a few years ago, but heaven forbid Bubba Wallace wins. 
of race and range joining race. It's true. I don't know. I don't think he's a phony. I think he's just trying to maybe still figure stuff out personally. Maybe. You know, I'm not, I, I don't, I, know I, we I don't to, personally like to knock people like I think that because I don't know what he's going through, if, but. Episode 111, it was actually a couple of weeks ago that we did this because now we're kind of, I feel like we're starting to trend towards a bi-weekly thing with this show. Not that we're going to do that during the next NASCAR season. Maybe. We'll see, you know, with the baby on the way. But who knows? Who knows? I don't know. But he could just be just trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, he could be. be. Anyway, that's Matt DiBenedetto. That's my two cents on Matt DiBenedetto. But do you have anything else before we wrap it up here, man? Nope. All right, let's get into our final thoughts. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at Ramblin' About Racing are a proud affiliate of. So if you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our Sponsors tab, there at the bottom, you'll see a link to Fanatics. It'll take you right to the NASCAR page where you can get all your latest and greatest driver gear, such as T-shirts, hoodies, diecasts, and much more. But it doesn't just stop; have to stop there. If you like Alabama Crimson Tide football, buy Alabama Crimson Tide football from there. If you like Washington Capitals, Washington Capitals has all their stores there as well. So head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the Sponsor tab. Link is there at the bottom for Fanatics. All purchases will help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you better content and more content for the future. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. Final thoughts here on Rambling About Racing this Thanksgiving episode. Wherever you're at, we hope that you're safe, having fun with family, having a good old time, eating turkey, watching some football, if that's your thing, and taking care of that. But Preston, happy Thanksgiving, man. I'm glad that you're here. Good luck next week. Let us know how you're doing. We'll pray for you, and we'll hopefully a speedy recovery because we only have like four more episodes until we get to our Christmas episode. Yeah. And then we're done till Speed Weeks. We yep. are not having a filler thing because that was trouble figuring out to continue what to do and try to figure out what good shows. We're just going to take a break. You and I need to take a break. I would say more so me because I do the editing and everything like yeah. that. So whatever, man. Happy Thanksgiving. We're going to wrap it up here with our driver of the week this week in NASCAR. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. All right, go ahead. Who's our driver of the week? Driver of the week this week is Casey James Mears, or just Casey Mears as we all knew him. Born on March 12th of 1978. Last competed part-time in the Stadium Super Trucks and the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series driving the number 27 Chevrolet for Germain Racing. Of course, he is a former winner of the Coca-Cola 600, and he is the nephew of four-time Indy 500 winner Rick Mears and the son of IndyCar and off-road veteran Roger Mears. So uh, achievements, like we said, 2007 Coca-Cola 600 winner, 2006 24 Hours of Daytona overall co-winner. And his Cup Series career, he ran 15 years with a span of 489 races. Best points finish came in 14th in 2006. His first race was the 2003 Daytona 500. That's a long time ago to think about. Last race was the 2019 Daytona 500 and his only win, of course, 2007. I think we all remember that one. Coca-Cola 600. One win, 51 top 10s, three poles in that 15-year Cup Series career. If you want to go down here, Xfinity Series career, 107 races, run over 10 years. Best points finish of 20th back in 2007. He only had one win, 34 top 10s, and four poles in his Xfinity Series career. 
Ran a couple IndyCar races, just three races over a year. Run, run some champ cars well. Casey Mears, I, you know, I wish that he kind of had a little bit of a better career in NASCAR, to be honest. Um, yeah, he had an interesting one. It was fun seeing him race. It was He was big, popular, right back there in around 2005, 2007 time frame. Like, yeah, Casey Mears, good job, man. Driver of the week. And in this week in NASCAR, we're going to go not only just this week, but maybe a week ago, back to November 15th, 1992. A big day in NASCAR. And that was when the final race of the 92 season happened. Bill Elliott and Alan Quickey engaged in an epic struggle with Elliott scoring a narrow victory in the season-ending Hooters 500 at Atlanta. Points leader Davey Allison is knocked out of the title hunt by an early crash. Elliott wins the race, but Quickey, but fails to pick up Points on Kawicki, who clings to a 10-point margin in the final standings. It sets a record for the closest title race in history. Jeff Gordon makes his first career Winston Cup start, and Richard Petty makes his final Winston Cup start. And that is your This Week in NASCAR. Preston, do you have anything else before we wrap it up here? I've got nothing else. All right. Well, we're just going to do, we're just going to go ahead and let everybody else continue on with their drive if they're driving up to grandma's house or their family's house so we're going to wrap it up here again i'd like to thank everybody so much for tuning in to us this week here at rambling about racing make sure to follow rambling about racing on all social media platforms facebook twitter instagram and youtube for the latest and greatest mainly for the formula one series but from us here and stay in touch with us throughout the course of the off season like to give a quick shout out to our partners here stand up to cancer and fanatics for all they do not only for the unhinged sports network and belly up podcast but for the show here rambling about racing as well for Preston Lude p underscore luda on twitter i'm mbeamer22 on twitter matt beamer that is and charlie herkes who will be here in a couple weeks chuck8384 on twitter stay safe happy thanksgiving and we'll see you guys next week Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.